Good morning. It's um, really, really lovely uh, to be here, to be together as um, a church family. Um, it's really lovely to um, know um, that we're bigger than just this room. And so, um, yeah, lovely to, for those of you joining on Zoom. Um, I'll be honest, um, I forgot last week we were on Zoom until my mum texted me saying, I watched you on YouTube. And I thought, oh, goodness, okay, yeah. <laughs> so um, I know you're, you're there this week, um, which is just such a privilege to, to be together. Um, Beth and I um, moved here uh, on Monday, so we're now officially uh, in Peterborough, and um, oh, I'm trying to remember, thank, thank you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but yes, I don't think I said, my name is Luke Sears, uh, I've just joined the leadership team um, here uh, at Life Church, and um, for those of you who were able to be at the family meeting last week, you'll know a bit about that leadership transition and all, of, or all that that involves. Um, but we are going to be spending one more week thinking about doing life together, doing family um, together, thinking about what it means to, to, um, to be a, a, a group, be a family, be uh, the body, that's what we looked at last week, the body of Christ. Um, Phil helped us look at be family, Valte helped us look at unity. Uh, and today I really want to think together about the rewards of life together. Um, and I want to look at a verse, uh, a passage um, with you all that God has really encouraged me in in the last uh, few years actually. God has brought back to me again and again that has really shaped how I see the church and has really shaped um, how I am encouraged uh, as we meet and do life um, together. Um, I'm really excited about Alpha as well. I love that notice. The last time I sort of did Alpha was actually at the end of last year where um, the youth group in Cambridge um, would come to my flats and they would do Alpha together. But because of the um, eldership meetings I was going to, I just ate the food and then left. So I love Alpha. I had a great experience of doing it. Um, but I've actually done the videos as well many, many times. And as Sam said, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful course. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue praying uh, for the young people of our church family and their friends um, as we go into this time. Let's read uh, the Bible together. If you have a Bible, um, let's open up Mark chapter 10. And we're going to have it on the screens um, as well so you can follow along there. Uh, And we're going to read Mark 10, verses 17 to 31. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at the words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said 
then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So we're going to focus just on a few of those verses right at the end, on the, on the discussion between Jesus and Peter that we just read. But I wanted to read the whole passage um, just to set those things in context, because I think it's so important that we see what, what the Bible says in the context that it was written in. Because Jesus had just had this conversation with a young and very wealthy man. And Peter and the disciples were clearly there. They were clearly listening in and, and, and thinking about what Jesus was saying. And they would have been looking on and seeing a guy who apparently had it all. He was young. He was wealthy. He was an incredibly religious man from what we're told. And yet they also see that Jesus seems to very lovingly but very clearly challenge him and say, there's one thing you lack. Go and give all your possessions away and come and follow me. And so uh, we, we see the disciples trying to process this. What did Jesus just say? What, what, what is he meaning? What, what does that mean for my life? And as they process this together, um, you, you notice a few funny things. Jesus says to them, um, you know, uh, uh, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. And, and not even Peter replies at first. So Jesus has to say it again, that they're processing what is going on. And then Peter speaks up. And what we hear Peter say, I think, is really helpful to each one of us as we think about the cost of following Jesus. It says, uh, Peter began to say to him, so he doesn't get to finish his thought, but Peter began to say to Jesus, see, we have left everything and followed you. And it says he only began to say, he didn't get to finish his full thought, but you can... I think you can imagine what Peter was saying or why he was saying it, both from, from the question and the context and what Jesus says next. But, but to me, it sounds like Peter is saying, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. That was the right thing to do, wasn't it? That was worth the cost, wasn't it? To, to give up everything and follow you. Because Jesus' disciples knew how costly it was to follow Jesus. They had left businesses, they had left livelihoods, they had left uh, the comfort of their homes and their families. And in the years to come, many of them would give up their lives for Jesus. And funny as it is, as, as we look at our final sermon on what it means to do life together, I find this, this passage really helpful to start with remembering that following Jesus is costly. Jesus makes it here, clear here in this passage but he makes it clear throughout the scriptures. Following Jesus is a life like his, a life of sacrifice and giving of, our, of ourselves. And some of you will know that. 
you know the experience, the cost of following Jesus, the pain and the sacrifice that it means to live for him. Others of you will not need me to say that it is costly to follow Jesus. You know deep within you the gut-wrenching costs that you've paid over the years. Following Jesus is costly. Wonderful, but costly. And Jesus, I think, makes it clear even in this passage, doesn't he? Uh, Peter begins to say this. We've given up everything. And Jesus affirms him. He says, yeah, yeah, that you guys are those who have given up houses. You've given up um, mothers and fathers. You've given up brothers and sisters, sons and daughters and land for my sake and the gospel. He affirms that in the way he replies. And you might be, you might be thinking, so, so what has this got to do with doing life together? Why are we talking about the cost of following Jesus as we think about doing life together? And I'm talking about doing life together in this passage because I think Jesus' reply to the disciples is yes, following me is costly, but one of the things, one of the wonderful, wonderful rewards that we get is the gift of one another. What does Jesus go on to say? In verse 30, he says, those who have sacrificed for the gospel, there won't be one who has sacrificed for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers, children and lands. Jesus promises that now in this life, there is great reward, even in the cost of sacrificing for him. Now, just to be clear, some of you might be saying, well, well, is Jesus promising me a Lamborghini and, and a wonderful life without problems? And that's one of the reasons I wanted to read this in context, because Jesus has just been having a really loving and yet tough conversation, hasn't he, with this rich young ruler, saying, oh, my dear child, my dear child, it is your wealth that is, that is a hurdle for you to follow me. Now, there's many wonderful things in that we can pick up, which we won't pick up today. But, but clearly, Jesus isn't talking about a, an individual life of luxury for us as believers when he says we will receive a hundredfold of, of houses and mothers and, and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and lands. So what is he saying? What is Jesus saying to us? I think what he is saying is that though it is costly to follow him, the reward for being part of God's family will far outweigh the cost. Because when we get to be part of God's family, we get to meet those who care for us and know us, those who welcome us into their home and feed us, who, uh, who help us out with our finances or with our DIY, who let us sit on their sofas and watch their televisions, who babysit for our kids once in a while to let us have an evening off. When we come into the family of God, we get so much because we get one another. One of the great rewards of the cost of following Jesus is one another. That's what I think Jesus is telling us in this passage. And why I really wanted to share this passage with you this morning is because I have known this to be so true in my life, as I count the cost of what it means to follow Jesus, as Jesus encourages me and challenges me to step out in new ways for him. And to be honest, there's been lots of things that I've been totally out of my comfort zone in the last year. And as we are encouraged, and as I've been encouraged, I've seen this truth, this truth that Jesus pays back far greater 
than we ever sacrifice. I want to tell you uh, a little bit more about me personally for a second, if you don't mind. I want to tell you a little bit about my life. And now, I've really enjoyed over the last few weeks and months meeting many of you. And I know there are many faces who, who I'm still yet to meet, and some faces I even met this morning or last week, which is so wonderful. Uh, but I love introducing myself in different ways because it's quite hard to know what's the best way to introduce yourself. Should I tell you, like Phil asked me in the family meeting in November, should I tell you what my favorite takeaway is? Is that what you really want to know? Or should I tell you a bit about my family history? And what I want to do is just quickly tell you a bit about the church family that I've been part of for the last 10 years. The church family where God showed me what it means to have 100 mothers and fathers, 100 brothers and sisters, 100 children. I want to tell you about my small group leaders, a retired couple in the church who've led a small group for well over a decade, but I was in their group for five years. And they, they opened their home to me. They prayed for me, they encouraged me, they fed me on many occasions, and they were like parents to me in Cambridge. And like every good parent, they asked me for lots of IT advice as well. They were parents to me in Cambridge. Um, and I want, to tell you about, um, I want to tell you about my student leaders who gave me hot chocolates and so much of their time, but also treated, my, treated me like an adult and expected me to support them too. I want to tell you about one of my elders who, who most of you won't know. Some of you know Daniel Goodman, but, but another of, of my elders who said to me, you can call me anytime. And he meant it. And I really did at times call him at any time. Or about my really good friends who Beth and I lived with for a year and a half with them and their children. And they said, our home is your home. We'll do family together. Come, come know our children. Come, come be part of family life with us. Or, or another couple in the church who, I, who uh, every time I seem to see them said to me, Luke, when you do youth events, come and do them in our house. Come and have a bonfire at ours or, or do fireworks in, in our garden. And I want to tell you about a young man who I discipled for four or five years, like a son to me. And then he came to New Day as a young leader and he blessed and encouraged me in a way that, I was totally taken aback by, wow, he is, he's become a brother to me. And I'm telling you that because God has shown me in my life what it is to have a hundred mothers and fathers, a hundred brothers and sisters, to have homes and lands that I've been welcomed into and been, been, been encouraged to use and to have sons and daughters. And I'm telling you this because when I see this in the scripture, I have known this to be true. But I'm also telling you this because as I look out to you guys, I know that God will give me a hundred again. Because you guys are mothers and fathers to me. You guys will be my brothers and my sisters. You will be my sons and my daughters. And not just to me, but to one another. We are the family of God and we are a gift of God to each other. You see, doing life together isn't just a necessity. This is what you've got to do as a Christian. And it's not just a nice add-on to following Jesus. Now, doing life together is a gift of God to one another. And so following Jesus is costly. And many of you will know those costs all too well. The costs of giving up home or career the cost of making difficult parenting decisions which go against the grain, or choosing to live in singleness despite the desire for marriage, choosing even to alienate maybe those who you dearly, dearly love. 
because you follow Jesus. But Jesus has promised us great reward in this life, great benefit and privilege of following him. And the beginning of that gift, believe it or not, is one another. But as we end, Jesus doesn't finish quite there. He says, you'll receive a hundredfold in this life. Houses, family, along with persecutions, as we talked about at the beginning, the cost of following Jesus. But he says one more quite important thing. Eternal life. Eternal life. Jesus explains um, really wonderfully uh, in John 17, verse 3, what eternal life is. Because sometimes it can seem just like an abstract concept. What does that quite mean? Does that mean being on a, you know, a floating cruise ship for the rest of our life? What is eternal life? Is, do I want that? Jesus explains it like this. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Wow. Eternal life is knowing God. Knowing God forever. And so, as we end, yes, following Jesus is costly, but he gives us one another. We are the gift of God's one another. Life together is a privilege, an utter privilege. And it's important we remember these things because it doesn't always feel like that. And that's okay. But Jesus has said we are the gift of God to one another. But more than that, he also gives us himself. And so we're going to sing um, a song to end. We're going to worship. But let me encourage you, as we dive into life groups this week, uh, and do, do sign up if you haven't. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, the group that I'm going to be part of. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time um, of getting to know one another, following Jesus together, discipling one another. But, but as you guys dive into your life groups this week, I'll encourage you, I want to encourage you to remember that life, uh, life together isn't merely a to-do. It's not a nice addition. It is the gift of God. And so who, whose mother are you? Whose father are you? Who, whose brother and sister are you? Who can you encourage and get alongside? You might think, I don't have much to contribute. And that's what we looked at last week, that each one of us is needed. And you are needed as a brother or a sister, as a son or a daughter. Whose IT can you do this week? Whose sofa can you sit on and just bless by listening to them this week? So let's worship together. Let's worship the God who has given us one another, the gift of one another, and even more, who has given us in very, his very self in eternal life. Let me pray and then we'll sing. Father God, you are a generous, generous Father. And though it is costly to follow you, and Jesus made that so clear, we know that we can never outgive you you are the great, generous one. And so we look to you and say, Lord, show us how we are family. Show us what it is to, to receive this gift of being in the family of God together. Let our hearts be really excited by that, Lord. Heal us where there has been hurting amongst one another. Rise up forgiveness in us. Rise up excitement to say, I, I will be there for you. I, I will love you no matter what, as brothers and sisters together. And Lord, let our eyes always be lifted to the Lord Jesus. How wonderful he is. How wonderful he is. And what wonderful, uh, terrible cost he paid. That huge cost that we might know him forever. 
and you forever, Lord. Life eternal. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's sing together now as we worship.